Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the TKW Podcast. I'm Anthony Corbo. I'm back once again uh, to lead you through the back half of this just preposterous next season so far. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Kyle Maggio. What's going on, bud? Uh, not a whole lot. No, just a brutal, brutal loss to the Suns. It's it's fascinating. I mean, like, this game was so bad. I thought this game was initially just going to be like a rock fight for a while or just be like, you know, both teams just kind of like bricking threes. And then we ended up getting something very different. We ended up having the Knicks shooting well to begin the game, but just throwing the ball away with every opportunity they had. And then, you know, you had Phoenix not really being able to shoot well. If anything, they were the one throwing the rocks around until Devin Booker finally got hot. That was about all it took to seal the Knicks up. It, it's just, I mean, this is one of the worst passing games I think I've ever seen. It, it was not good. Um, this, is, this is like, when I look back on the 2014-2015 tank season, like, these are the kinds of games that I remember from it, you know, like, sure, there might have been an exciting win or two, you know, but I don't remember that off the top of my head. You know, what I remember is right now, it's like just some of those gross losses, you know, from a gross season. And that's what tonight felt like, like one of those statement gross tank losses. And it, I mean, Boudier had like two points and one assist and five turnovers and, I think the I mean, Knicks said. I think the Knicks barely. I think they just cracked double-digit assists on like the la- in, in garbage time right at the end. Yeah, it's it. I mean, everybody just. I <laughs> it was. So they end. They lose one hundred seven to ninety six, and they, yeah, it's like you're saying. You you have, you know, the team had over twenty. They had twenty one turnovers. They uh. Yeah, like it, it's just. I I. I I I just don't know what to do with this with this team. You you have you know, like you said, Moody with two points and an assist. You have you know you played 17 minutes out there. You have Frank Nealakina who is still injured, and coach seems like uh, you know he's saying that he doesn't think he'll be back anytime soon. You have Kevin Knox who actually looked kind of aggressive to start the game off, and I kind of liked what he was doing, but it just his inability to score a bucket, uh, you know, made that aggressiveness really kind of fade off real quickly. He had a decent showing from the free throw line, but you know, seven points is not anything that I'm going to give him very much credit for the only Nick that really had. Yeah. I mean, you had the center position was really the only, the only spot that was really even performing for this team. All the guards, all the forwards, everyone just looked like sub mediocre to just downright abysmal tonight. Yeah. And I, I also thought Dennis um, was pretty good, good tonight. Him and dot, I thought Dennis, well, well but... no, both of them came around a little bit as the game went on, but they started the game atrociously. I yeah, mean, Dotson, it... Dotson, you know, he was kind of scoring pretty well at the beginning, but, you know, he wasn't, he was only doing it on like mid range fadeaways. 
Dennis Smith Jr. was just dribbling the ball into, you know, into the middle of the paint and then stopping and then, you know, getting caught and trying to find somebody. They were constantly missing. I mean, and this goes to the, you know, so many turnovers in the game and, you know, the, the low assists and everything like that. It's just they're they're constantly tossing the ball like around the court. Uh, and, and, and it's just, it just goes out of bounds. They just constantly dribble into the middle and then try to pass out of it. And they, and they, they there's no one there. It's, it's just, they did yeah. come around a little as the game went on, but it was a really poor start when it came to the ball movement that really set the pace for the rest of the game. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously as a whole, everyone wasn't really there tonight. I, I think Mitch obviously played pretty well, uh, eight and eight points, eight rebounds, of course, there's four blocks, two steals, and also one assist. But um, he just was very impactful again tonight. But, you know, he can only do so much. You know, it's it, it's still a team sport. You know, one one man can never um, generally will a team unless you're like a LeBron, you know. So um, I, I thought he played pretty well again. He's just, you know, really his consistency has been impressive for me. Um, you know, whether it's not like a gaudy you know, point game like he has the last stretch where he's scoring like 12 and 15, but um, just, just consistency, just staying in the game, you know, 20 plus minutes again, you know, 22 minutes tonight, um, still keeping it up with the blocks. Uh, he's been aggressive I mean, on the boards. Setting I, records with the, with the blocks now. I mean, like he's, you know, he's leading yeah. the league in three point blocks at this point. Yeah. Um, to, to, I mean, super fascinating. It seems like it's, it's a very limited skill around the league, but it's still something that gets him into trouble sometimes. I, you know, he needs to really stop biting at every little thing. But I thought in this game he was okay with not so you know not so much going for the pump fake. Um, yeah, I mean he you know he was the bright spot, and then DeAndre Jordan actually played a, a you know pretty good game given his minute load today too. Uh, you know, and yeah, coming back off of injury and everything, so both of those guys performing, but. Yeah, early on, this game seemed like one that the Knicks... I, I remember thinking to myself at one point at the very beginning, like, wow, this team might... They might, like, beat the Suns by 20 or something tonight. And it just ended up going the complete opposite direction. Yeah, uh, I, I thought DeAndre... He, he's sort of being... Like, Brian suggested, I think it was two pods ago, that he's Cantor-like. He just doesn't really bring it defensively. Like, he's just... You know he'll make the block because he's you know long and that that's his thing. Like he'll 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 give you a swat here and there, but um, more often than not he's just kind of hanging back. He's a step late on on a couple of his rotations. So um, aside from that, obviously seventeen and fourteen is good, but uh, especially when you do it on seven of eight shooting. But um, just. Defensively, I just didn't feel like anybody was there. I know, I know, Booker was cooking, and Booker is a special player. And when he's shooting sixty percent from the field, that's that's tough. You it know, wasn't even really just Booker though. I mean, like Ubre had eighteen points in the game. Tyler Ubre, Johnson Ubre was fourteen. Was a little bit. Yeah, Ubre was cooking. He was doing a lot of ISO too. So, like that's the um, whole thing. This it took the Suns a while to keep to like catch on in this game, but they eventually did. The Knicks just gave them enough space to do so. I mean, like. You know, even you just just yeah, the mall the the turnover numbers is really the one that says it the most. Like, just take a look at all the stats on here. It it really comes down to if the Knicks could hold onto the ball more, and were just you know had more of an idea where what they were going to do once they got the ball in the half court. Uh, 
it, it really would have made a big difference. They could have taken a very early lead, and, it, and I doubt the Suns could have crawled way back into it like this. And, and I will say, too, I didn't really have much of an issue with um, with what Fizdale did rotation-wise. I mean, there was a little bit of uh, Dennis Moutier, I think, but um, aside from that, you know, the minutes distribution I thought was pretty I thought that was pretty good. Um, Moutier played less than he has 16 minutes um, tonight. You know, Dennis played 37. Dotson played 30 for, uh, 33. Um, you know, that came in with 32. Yeah. Tree, I mean, I thought all the I thought all the right guys were getting all the right burn. You know, that's that's what we've been bitching about is too much Moutier and uh, not letting these guys go. And I I felt like he more or less he. He did what we would have asked. Like Moutier, yeah, being a little bit out of the lineup is kind of a good sign of things to come. He, you know, Fizdale still insists on throwing that, you know, Dennis Smith Jr. and Moutier lineup out there when he can. Uh, it, was, it was incredibly frustrating to watch for stretches tonight. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, a lot of the other guys are getting their minutes right now. So, you know, it's not like it's necessarily taking away too many minutes from anybody. You know, maybe you would have seen a little bit more of like shifting Dotson up and then giving Knox a few more minutes if he was playing well, but uh, but you know that wasn't happening. So it, it's I, I, he he's just he's deploying the pieces that he has. It's just at a certain point this roster is just it's just not good. At a certain point you just have to accept that this roster is just it's just they're constantly going to be fighting an uphill battle. They just don't match the talent level of, of even seemingly the Phoenix Suns. Like, it, it looked apparent out there that, you know, the Suns even have a stronger squad from a talent perspective than the Knicks have right now. And the Knicks have potential and everything like that, and the Knicks may have more potential in some of their pieces, but just <laughs> raw talent on what the Knicks are putting on the floor right now, it, they just cannot keep up with these teams. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the Suns have some actual players on that team. I think we're still trying to hope that these guys are NBA players for the most part, and a lot of the Suns just more or less are. You know, like we know who Devin Booker is; he's pretty damn good. We know DeAndre Ayton is. We know, um, you know, Kelly Oubre is. Like we we know that they have some legitimate guys on that team. You know, that have been a part of, you know, in Oubre's case, a good team anyway. Uh, with the Wizards for those last couple of years, though they underachieved a bit. But, um, you know, this is just where the youth kind of kills you. It's just a young team getting killed on the road uh, against the team that they can hang with, probably should beat, and just didn't. So, stinks. Can you tell me what's going on with Kevin Knox at this point now? Like, is there something different you're seeing from your perspective from what we've discussed already? Or is this just more the same for him right now? I mean, he's, it's sort of more of the same. And I I think that's, I think that's okay. I think that's all right. I mean, he didn't really force it tonight. Uh, just five shot attempts. He was one of five. Um, you know, he got to the line a number of times, but it, you know, five of six from the line tonight, but you know, no threes, just 
I, I don't know. I just think like he's keeping not even one taken. Yeah, I mean, I, the Knicks definitely shot their their low in three pointer for the season. They only put up fifteen three pointers across the entire night. Yeah, that's not okay. Yeah, they yeah they made six of them all night long. It's it's that's insane to me. It, it, but like, it's just yeah, he needs to be. He just. He it seems like he can do one thing a night, you know? It feels like he gets into those kind of grooves sometimes where he can just do one thing. He could just drive at the rim or he'll just be hanging out on the perimeter or you know, he'll just be like you know, it's it's just or he'll be like playing defense one night or something like that. It's just he seems to only be able to do one thing at a time and it, it's really going to be key for him to try to tie it all together, but you know, and t- until he does that, he's just not going to be a good NBA player. Do you see that thing that came out today with uh him being compared to Wiggins? I did, and that stung, but also kind of fair. Yeah. I mean, Uh, hopefully he projects differently. The difference is, of course, where they were, uh, you know, where they were drafted and what their expectations were to their team when they came into the league. Uh, But, yeah, I'm hoping Kevin Knox doesn't have quite the uh, faith that Andrew Wiggins has had so far. Um, yeah, yeah, and I I know Wiggins gets slammed. I, I think I think he's still a, a pretty good player. It's just he's he's just not what we hoped he would be. A lot of fans thought he would be. So that's, you know, the expectations killing him a little bit, but I, I, I don't know. I I still see it with Kevin. Like I still, like you could still see like in Wiggins, like why you, you know, someone could think there would be a star player there, you mm-hmm. know, like you could still see it with Kevin Knox. And I think that's, what's the pro- the problem that, right, you know, we right. saw it in December. It's like, it's like, it it's there. We know it's there. And, um, God, I, I, I don't know. I think he's just, he's got to play through it. Right. And, and of I course- like that. I like that Fizdale's playing him through it. Just, let, it, let him keep going. And Andrew Wiggins was drafted in 2014 versus Kevin Knox being drafted in 2018. There's there, there's plenty of time still for, for Kevin Knox to work, you know, to the point where he is surpassed where Wiggins is at this point and, you know, with this talent level. But, you know, it, it's just the signs are kind of, you know, there's there's similarities. And right now there's, you know, there's just things that Kevin Knox needs to avoid that he's not necessarily avoiding. And I just, you know, I'm just, I'm just hoping that with more experiences, you know, he's going to have a, hopefully a good summer. Hopefully he'll be working hard this summer and, you know, he'll be able to come back a little bit more complete, but yeah, Knox is just, he can just be destructive out there right now. It's really just what it comes down to. He, He just, he just can't get into the flow of things more often than not. I will say that I do think, and I'm pretty confident that he's going to be a better player than what Wiggins is now. Yes, I agree. Um, and I and I feel that way mostly because, and I know his rebounding rate is is pretty low, but we've seen what he can do for stretches when he's really engaged and on the boards. And I think it's more of a motor thing uh, than anything else. But I, he is a pretty good rebounder, and I I know that the rate's low, but he he is. He's good at that. And when he's engaged, we've seen him get double digit rebounds. We've seen him get, you know, eight, nine rebound games more than a couple of times. So I, I think that's going to be 
the thing that kind of separates him. I think even if he shoots kind of the similarly to Wiggins, um, if he's rebounding where, you know, kind of what Mello was doing for a while, where he was scoring and giving you like seven and a half rebounds a game from the small forward position, I think that's kind of where Knox can really be effective is, you know, do that scoring, but also as a wing, provide some of that rebounding punch. Um, so we also saw, uh, well, actually I, I should ask you, what do you, did you see anything in Henry Ellison's three minutes tonight? No, because, he's not, a, he's not a very good player because from what I heard, what I've been kind of reading and for what the general conversation seemed to have been on Twitter and other places in the last week or so is that the Knicks got a, uh, you know, lottery talent when they picked this guy up from the Detroit Pistons who waved him. I mean, I think he was the 18th pick in that draft, um, but I just I, still think I don't, I don't think he should it. be playing over Luke Cornett. I mean, he didn't play tonight. He got three minutes. I'm being facetious, but it's just like I, I just I don't I don't get why you're not trying to play a little bit more of something that you have in Cornett versus you know trying to bring this guy Ellenson in you know out of the blue in the last 19 games to try to evaluate what you have out of him. I just I don't see how it makes sense. I'd rather try to get you know a deeper reading on an asset that I've already been working on developing. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with that. And Cornette's been pretty good. I, I know I'm not super high on him, but he, he's been pretty damn good this season when he's gotten the opportunity. So um, that's a little bit unfortunate, and it's things a little bit because Cornette's one of the success stories from Westchester Knicks and it's always fun when our home go uh, the homegrown guys do well you know like Trey Burke came up here and killed it and it's always good to see those guys um just Langston Galloway was obviously like the 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 first one you know that made it but it, so it, it stinks I thought we we're gonna you know see him do you know that same thing Trey did basically come shine a little bit Nick's maybe let him walk and then he goes and signs with another team and hangs around for a while. But, um, you know, Ellenson just kind of stinks. I, I don't, I, I get, I get why he's intriguing. He's tall and he can shoot threes. Um, but it's just not, it's not there. You know, Cornette does that already and he at least plays defense. So, so coming up for our, uh, Oh, by the way, hold on. We should we should take a look at what this does for uh, the Knicks' records right now, or the Knicks and the Suns' record. We, the Knicks are now thirteen and fifty-two, where the Suns are fifteen and fifty-one. Uh, we are that much closer to just securing a spot in the top five of this draft. Uh, you know, the 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 odds the odds are going to be uh they're going to be weighted. We all know how it works at this point. We, we haven't stopped talking about it for the last year. But uh, I'm starting to feel pretty good that the Knicks are going to select no lower than five, than fifth, Kyle. I, you know, I'm pessimistic with this stuff because I think I we're going to have the worst record. I, I just, I, I don't think we can avoid it at this point. I look, we're going to have the worst record. I just, it, it doesn't excite me anymore. You know, like if you last oh, season, no. last season I would have been excited, but like now it's like, well. I, everybody, you know, says, "Well, well, well you're, you're locked into a top five pick, and that, and that's great. That's it's obviously the best position to be in." But um, 
we still have an 86% chance at not getting the first pick. And that's versus, fine. You I, know, the, the lesser chance before. And, and it's just, and you used to have a better chance at the top three. This It's just not, I, I don't feel look, great about this. The way that I look at it, I know that the, you know, the whole number one pick thing, generally speaking, the Knicks are going to finish with one of the like four worst records in the league. I'm, I can pretty much guarantee it at this point. So, like, you know, we have pretty much a 14% chance at getting that number one pick, and I'm fine with that. Like, that's, it's all weighed between those first, like, four picks. I think the fourth pick has, like, a 12% chance or something like that. But it's all weighed out. You know, I know that that's kind of out of, uh, out of the tanking hands. I'm fine with that. I just don't want to have a situation where we drop down to seven or eight or anything like that. Like, I'm still rooting for them to keep losing games at this point, mostly because I don't really care anymore. The wins aren't going to bring me any excitement either. I just want this season to be over, to be completely honest with you. I don't know how much more of this I can take. Uh, but I also want to make sure that they don't drop below five. Like I, I, I think that is it still is important to lose with that worst record in the league because yeah, it, dropping below... It starts to get scary after like two or three in this draft, but dropping below five, I can only imagine like, you know, what kind of talent the Knicks could walk away with. They're not exactly the top evaluators we've ever seen in that category. But yeah, I mean, after the top two, everybody else kind of stinks to me. Um, I, I, I'm probably highest on John Morant after that, but then I have my concerns about his conference that he plays in, which isn't very competitive. Um, but it, but his game intrigues me a lot, and um, I, I would be fine risking a pick on him at, you know, whatever we're at, two or three or four. But um, I don't know everybody else. I mean, obviously Zion, I'd be, I'd be, it, he's, I'd be over the moon for Zion, right? Barrett, I'd be disappointed a little bit. We didn't get Zion, but I, okay, fine. That's, that's a, a perfectly fine pick. Let's see what happens. Um, I, I really do not want Cam Reddish. He just, yeah, I think he's kind of dropping off. He's, but. I, I don't think he's particularly good. I'm not very high on him. I, I see the things that he can do. Well, he can be a very good defender. Um, he can shoot pretty well, but he reminds me kind of of Knox. If Knox played defense and you know, we don't just from like his motor, he just disappears. And I, Everybody says yes. Well, it's his role, you know, behind Zion and uh, RJ. But I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't buy it. And somebody like they're all talented. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, it's just you can kind of really see it with Zion and RJ. And I, I just don't at all see it with the rest of these guys. Well, all we can do is lose, though, right? It's pretty much out of our hands. Otherwise, we sure as shit can't win. We're kind of proving that so far. Yeah, and we so. had that fun little. Three out of, uh, I think we won three out of four, three out of five. Yeah, that's the best that that's going to get, people. And, and Enjoy that. And then here we are yet again. I've been tempted to... Uh, tune into some Mavericks games lately. I kind of want to see uh, what uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. chucking in their uniform looks like. Yeah, I, I've seen he's he's had his ups and downs as one would expect because we saw that here. 
Um, yeah. But but he he mostly looks a little bit better. I, I, I've glanced at some of the games and uh, he he looks pretty good next to Luca. Like it, it makes sense. It it actually is a pretty good fit. I know everybody thinks the Mavericks uh, just took him on because of KP and maybe so, but you know he also does fit there. God, the Knicks. All right, Knicks play on Saturday and Sunday this weekend. Yeah, we gotta the work f- these days. What are you kidding me? Yeah, I'm not I, doing that. Yeah, no, normally, normally it's fun to just plan on the one day, and it, it's it's enjoyable when you have one for the weekend. But we get Kings on Saturday. I'll actually be there. That's a matinee. Uh, I'll be there with nice. uh, Stone. So, and then yeah, Sunday, the Wolves. Hey, shouts to our uh, our own Brian Giberman right now, too. Phoenix's own Brian Giberman, who is at the game tonight, uh, probably getting drunk right now. Tried to get him on here to talk to you all and uh, tell you guys what the vibe was like tonight. But uh, judging off of all the empty seats on the TV, I'm guessing I'm guessing there wasn't much of a vibe at all, honestly. I wish they would move the Suns to Seattle. I just... They just... I, I don't I don't know I just don't. Didn't see they just it. get like a new arena deal too? Didn't like Sarver yeah. strong arm the city into giving them one? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I was reading about Chris. that. Um, uh, I was listening to the Levitard show. What was it? it must have been a couple of months ago, I think. And this lady, I think, was giving Robert Sarver hell at like one of those city council meetings. And it yeah, was it was him those. it was him or the lawmakers that approved I I don't know but Lebertard had her on, and she was just ripping into him about <laughs> uh, about basically like the the deal and uh, just quick another quick side note I don't get how you know these these billionaire owners get the city to pay for arenas I'll never understand and I I get like oh well it creates jobs and the economy and whatnot but um. But they it's have the same the way that billionaire owners get out of paying everything. It just they just that. don't I think, have I think, to. <laughs> well, I think Robert Ballmer is is actually gonna fund it himself, and uh, in in L.A. for their new arena. Which, by the way, one of these days we should touch on. Um, there's apparently a pretty juicy story about Steve Ballmer and James Dolan hating each other over a property war involving that new L.A. arena. Oh, that's fun! I got to research that. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, I read a little bit about it. It's it's very what, very what kind of property is this? Uh, so L.A. is opening, you know, their new arena, and mm. basically it was one of the MSG properties, I think. Oh, and is, is that the Los Angeles form you're talking about? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and. Yeah, I they think, just renovated that. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know. I think the the property the Clippers needed um, was like it was a it was a part of it, but it was a separate lot. MSG just owned some of the lots, and I guess one of them was like for extra parking. So the Clippers needed that basically, and they were I think they were in cahoots with somebody to like not renew something for MSG or I I don't, I don't know. It was it got nuts. It, it's a good story. You should read it. I don't, I don't want yeah, to misquote I'm, I'm anything, but it, it was good. It's in the LA Times. Uh, I, I I really don't know. I'm going to just Google aimlessly until I figure it out. But Wow. Yeah, I'm reading through like a Los Angeles Times article right now, and it's just crazy. Oh, there you go. That, yeah. that, that could be, I mean, yeah. Fuel the rivalry back up. Let's get Clippers next to be a thing. Yeah, but um, yeah. So anyway, I, I, I don't know how 
these these guys get the it doesn't make a ton of sense to me and it, it's nice to see bomber go out there and go yeah i'm just gonna fund the whole thing and i was just like yeah. yeah well you know good that's, of course that's what you, of course of course james what... dolan is the one that stands in his way yeah it's unbelievable <laughs> it's unbelievable this this fucking guy all right but, uh, uh so we got the we got the uh, Kings coming up this Saturday. That's gonna be the the noon game, and then uh, we play the Timberwolves on Sunday. Um, yeah, I mean, the, you know, we kind of I guess expect more of the same with the Kings after the game on Monday. Uh, Buddy Heald went off against us, so you know they're just so fast. They are so fast. They just they move. are un unbelievable. Anthony, go to my timeline real quick and go look at the. I tweeted at the video of Fox throwing this pass. The, I I don't know that I've ever seen a faster pass thrown in my entire life. Just, I mean, that dude just moves. I mean, just, and healed too. Like God, I'm so happy, buddy. Heal has come on. All all those guys do is sprint, literally sprint in any direction, in every direction. Jesus they are Christ, literally sprinting. Right? He li- literally flings it and it just. It's already. The camera barely can keep up. It's already in Buddy Heald's hands. It's beautiful. They play beautiful basketball. I cannot. Do you remember when uh, Vivek said, you know, we have, or Vladi said, sorry, that we have our a super team of our own, basically. Like, we have our own mm. young super team. And it, everybody, including myself, and I'm a gigantic De'Aaron Fox fan, and I was like, yeah, buddy, this is not what you think it is. Yeah, and then Jaeger also went out and compared uh, Heald and uh, and Bagley to Durant and Westbrook. So, and and listen, I think I, I think super team and, and those comparisons. I think that's a little like still a little far fetched, but they they're taking some re- like all of the young guys are taking some real strides. So I I think it, it's very fun, um, and. And I say that because that's what I hope happens for this next team next year, assuming we don't get anybody important uh, via free agency. But, um, you know, that that would be the hope is you pick up another lottery pick. He plays pretty well. And then all these other guys start taking strides and playing well, too. And then maybe you have a fun young basketball team. Uh, it, it could happen. That's why we're hopeful for next season, you know. But what do you think? that Mitchell Robinson does to Carl Anthony Towns on Sunday? Um, honestly, I, I think he's going to do pretty well. He's, Where do you place the over-under for blocks on Towns? I think I think, I think Mitch gets at least two on Towns. Uh, I, I'm going to say four. Um, on Towns? And yeah. and it, uh, well, Let me tell you why. Is because Towns actually does a surprising amount of posting up. And I think just off of sheer volume, Mitch is going to be really stuck bodying him or trying to handle him in the post. And I just think he's he's either A, going to have a, a shit ton of fouls. I think that's a guarantee. But before he does so, he's going to block a bunch of shots. I think he, Towns will still give him the business. I just think, you know, Mitch is going to get his more than a few times.
before we go any further i want to remind everybody that they can subscribe to this podcast on their podcast platform of their choice while you're there just make sure you give us a five-star review uh you know let us know how we're doing unsubscribe resubscribe do all that whole thing we appreciate it uh if you're on youtube please make sure you're subscribing to the channel you know head to the nextwall.com we got articles coming up left and right around there what do we got on the front page today let's see um oh it's a good one from harrison leal one of our uh favorites on the site the host of the reddit nba podcast uh talking about kevin durant and how he's uh you know just kind of his personality and how that might mesh with the knicks we have uh you know we have steven lewis one of our newer writers talking about the cap space and everything like that so it's just it's it's the best place you're gonna go when you need your knicks news boiled down from a variety of voices we got you covered um we got Kyle work of the social feeds. You got the, you know, at the Knicks wall. We got stone on there too. We got our, our, our full team. It's, are you guys going to be teaming up for anything when you go to the game? Um, or are you just teaming up for drinks? We'll, we'll see. I I'd like to, I'd like to do something uh, that, that there's a, there really is truly a bunch of you who listen to this podcast. So I'm going to assume one of you are going to be at the game. Maybe possibly. So, if you guys are at the game, we'll be in section 120. Um, you can find us right. literally anytime. You you should follow us by now on on Twitter and uh, just hit us up, let us know, and uh, we'll we'll figure something out. Uh, again, I'd like to do something. Maybe I could bring a couple of things, um, but we we shall see. So. All right, well, let's 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 uh, brush through a couple of quick things that happened in the last day or so. Um, I want to start with this one tweeted by the currently injured Mario Hazonia. The toughest player to guard is unfortunately not in the NBA right now. You have one guess. Man, that that felt good. I mean, they never played together, but God, I I feel like Mario Hazonia has learned everything he knows from Carmelo Anthony. And that's probably not a great thing in the long run, but uh, yeah, no, nah, it's just gotta love any day that Melo's getting his praise. Yeah, uh, Mar- Mario Hazonia was my spirit animal there. He appeared to be uh, my burner account, so um, I don't doubt that. Yep, yep. So the I just it, it's always nice to hear that kind of stuff, and I I do scoff a little bit when people bring up like Mello's shooting percentages or things like that uh, because I, I don't think they understand what the question is when people say like somebody who's hard to guard like just simply physically having to guard the moves that that person is doing like having to guard a guy who's quick enough to blow by you you know when Mello was doing that for over a decade and um a guy who could also bully you in the post or jab step you, you know, like those are annoying things to have to guard when you're playing. It's not about the end result. If Melo makes or misses the shot, it's about literally trying to guard that. And I think that's always what these guys are thinking about as they should. And it's not just, I think people kind of get distracted from it because I saw some of the replies to things and uh, it's just, you know, it's it, it truly difficult to guard that kind of a player. 
It is fascinating how the Lakers won't sign Melo now because they're just too bad. I saw it. I thought that was really, really, is... really funny. <laughs> like, what that, do you that, do? That's like such a weird. That's such like a weird thing for Melo to just. It's like, bro, just go play basketball, man. It's, it's already a weird roster that, that they have over there with some of these vets they signed. Just, just go. So. LeBron James tweets today, can't even front. This is going to be unreal. Wow, man. Now, do you think that is in relation to him preparing to pass Michael Jordan to uh, on the all-time scoring list? Or is that about uh, the Lakers not making the playoffs and him accepting that? No, uh, it, it was, it was of course, about himself uh, and him. And him passing Michael Jordan, a hundred percent. Listen, come on, he's what's very, more unreal? He, he, listen, we all knew this was coming. We all knew this was coming. He's very socially aware. Uh, he's very. He knows what's said and happens on social media. So he's, what a perfect time for a backhanded subtweet. It's not a backhanded subtweet. It's it's. We've been making fun of him. Literally, I have been audibly laughing reading the tweets of us making fun of him online for getting blown the fuck out during a game and then tweeting a personal accomplishment afterward, not tweeting uh, Instagram posting. So then instead of doing an Instagram post after he does a kick, he does a congratulatory uh, tweet beforehand. It's just, it's just what, you know, so now thing it wax tonight. It, it, we can't ridicule him for, you know, the, the post game, self-congratulatory post because it, it's already happened before they got waxed. If he didn't score 13 points tonight, did you think that he could, uh, would he have tweeted again until he's finished scoring those 13 points? Or do you have just left it there and just ignored everybody else? I think he would have done that. Anyway, uh, we also had a report today that one point guard who is a former Knicks point guard came to visit our uh, players at their practice facility. Jason Cade came around and had a conversation with uh, Dennis Smith Jr. and Emmanuel Moutier. Uh, what's strange about this whole thing is that the Knicks point guard who uh, does not know how to shoot right now but has defensive prowess uh, was not in the conversation with the guy who basically was that until he became a Hall of Famer. Uh, Neil Aquina, from what I hear, was on the court doing some other activities or whatever. Uh, but I just don't you think it would have kind of been more beneficial for him to just kind of have a couple of words with Jason Kidd for a little bit? I mean, the struggles are very similar. Y- yes, but I, I know people were, were up in arms about that earlier. Um, it was reported later on that Frank was just on the actual court doing work. So it wasn't, it, to me, it just feels like if Frank wanted to go talk to him, he could have went and gone to talk to him. I, I don't think um, the Knicks need to hold his hand to go do so. I, I think the, obviously Kid was brought there for a reason to go talk to them. So it, it, we don't know that they didn't have a conversation somewhere else either if kid was hanging out all day. So I, I don't, I don't want to go nuts on it. I, I know what the optics looked like, but if Frank was on the court getting work in, 
Uh, we know he's he's been rehabbing and trying to get ready to come back. So I, I don't I don't put a ton of stock in it to be honest. Yep, I I mean I agree. I I just you know, it's not anything that's going to be a, a game changing thing. It just to me brings a, more questions up about you know, just the day to day with the team, just making sure we're on the right path and everything. It just seemed like an easy opportunity to bring a little bit of confidence back to Frank. But you know, with his injury, we just I guess you know we just have no idea where he's at. We have no idea what's going to be going on with that. So who knows? Uh, I guess we're not really going to have too much of a uh, tea leaf segment on this episode. We're going to kind of be wrapping up here. It's getting late. We're tired here. We got things to do. Uh, but before we go, there were some uh, some some pots being stirred by uh, one Chris Broussard earlier today. Why don't we uh, take a listen to what Chris had to say? The dream scenario for the Clippers is Kawhi and KD. And I was told yesterday by a good source, we, we all know Kyrie and KD are considering the Knicks, right? Mm -hmm. But I was told that they have some apprehensions about New York. Why? Because of the media. media. Yes, they really, sir. Which is, makes all the sense in the world from what we've seen. Them two together? That could benefit the Clippers. Broussard saying that the, uh, you know, the Knicks need to be worried about the Clippers and you know, the Clippers' ultimate goal of trying to sign Kevin Durant and, and Kawhi Leonard and you know, that the the reason why, you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving would be hesitant to sign with the Knicks is because of the New York media. It's just, I mean, look, there's a big interest in the Knicks in New York, and there are a lot of newspapers in New York. This is this is certainly true. But it's, is, this, that, is this really that big of a deal to these guys? Like, if they were going to come to New York, I don't think that, you know, the thing that's going to halt them and that they weren't considering beforehand is how the media will treat them. I just think the media thing is, is always so overblown. I, I don't... These guys don't it, give a shit about, you know, the, the, the beat writers that the Knicks have without, you know, throwing around any names or anything. It's just like, you know, these these guys are here to do their jobs and everything, but these players don't ultimately care what they have to say or... You know, it's this this it's a non-factor. You know, they're just trying to do what they can, get them away from them and everything like that. But it's not they don't care about it that much. Right. I, I just don't think it really like wherever they're going to go, the team's going to be good. You know what I mean? Like it's the good teams always have more coverage. It's just it's just the way that it is. And so, Durant's never been one to shy away from the media before. You know, he has his problems with that, but he's never been one to, you know, dis... I mean, I guess he did actually just have that, you know, like, couple-week stretch where he stopped talking to the media altogether. So I guess this this point doesn't necessarily stand as strong as it, I, I meant it to, but, like, for his personality is is someone who's a bit more... He's he's a more of a challenging person. He's going to challenge what people will say about him. He's going to challenge the, challenge the narrative. I don't think that he's going to have any problem telling the New York media what he truly thinks about them at that point in time. Yeah. And, you know, I just don't, they don't ask these, they don't really ask hard questions. I don't get, you know, I don't get what the, the, like now this season, the questions he's getting asked in golden state are going to be hard questions because reports get out and things leak and 
but when you're here, if you were to sign here, it's going to be on a four-year deal. You know, like there's no, at least for the first year or two, there's no leaving. You know what I mean? Like he's here. He might have an option or something. Go. You know what I mean? Like then we can speculate after right. that. But well, once you got the guy here, that there's no in your face. Oh, you know, do are, are you requesting a, a a trade to go play with you know Giannis and in Milwaukee? We saw you guys. You know, talking about something courtside. You know, it's not going to happen two months into him signing here. That's like that's not a. I, there's not going to be hard questions. It's going right. to be regular basketball questions. I that that's always been overblown to me. This media thing. Right, and I think that yeah, exactly. Like especially if, like you said, where Durant's going to go, the team is going to be at least you know a, a playoff level team. And I think once that comes into the question, you have less. You know, the media tends to treat you a lot better. You think like Kevin Durant's going to come in here, and as long as he continues to put up, you know, similar numbers to what he's putting up in Golden State and have that kind of an impact, and this team makes the playoffs, like he's going to get, he's going to get, you know, praised. He's going to be a king around here. He's going to be everything that they've been looking for. I don't think, and you know, it's, you know, there might be the bad side that people talk about. There might be the reputation out there that, you know, people think of the New York media and everything, but. When things are good, they're good. Like when Kevin Durant is playing well and when the Knicks are, are finding some sort of success, I'm saying this all in very short terms, but let's, you know, just hypothetically, like if the Knicks are finding that sense of success, like he is going to find, he's going to be praised in a much greater sense than he would have been in other markets. There's just, there's just two sides to every coin, I think. Yeah. Anyway. All right, it is late. Uh, we uh, should probably be wrapping this thing up. So thank you, everyone, for listening in again. Uh, just don't forget to uh, give Kyle a follow at Kyle Maggio. Give me a follow at Corbo Anthony. Uh, you know, Brian's not here right now, but he's still a great follow, too. He's always up to something on that feed. Uh, so follow him at Brian Giverman. Oh, hold, hold on, real quick. Brian got fucking yeah, dunked he got on today. Destroyed. Just, oh, man. just, just windmill, three sixty slam dunk down by Jamal Adams. I, <laughs> I, I, I love you, Brian, but oh my god, he was. was, it, was it was on brand for him. You know, he was doing. He was being rational as he often does. A little, you know, he has the kind of rationality that tends to piss a lot of people off. Uh, and I think that's what we saw today out of Jamal Adams. So I, I just, I just love Jamal's uh, response was a quote tweet just saying, "Oh wow!" <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then in, an, in an instant, there there were hundreds of people <laughs> in Bryant's mentions. In an instant, go, I mean, go look at the ratio on the tweet. I, I'm gonna filibuster as I get to the tweet. So I, get, uh, I mean, he said he was, he got threats on his life after this tweet. Uh, oh uh, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. I, I am arriving at the tweet. Hold on. Well, me filibustering for you doesn't mean you coming in and saying, hold on. I'm eating the time that you're trying to waste here by, by getting the tweet up. Do you have the, do you have the ratio? Cause that was me further filibusting there by yelling at you. Oh, <laughs> All right. Okay. So, so the, the tweet said the Jets fan base would freak out. So he's already acknowledging that. Hey, I know you guys are gonna think. This oh is yeah, great. no, he knows his brand. He's very self-aware. I just love that he's already like trying to go. Hey guys, calm down. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to have a conversation without you freaking out. 
but but trading Javon Adams for all the picks, then signing one of the eight million quality safeties available, which there are a ton, um, makes all sorts of sense. And he didn't say uh, he would do the trade. He didn't say the Jets should do the trade. He didn't say trade him. He didn't say he didn't like Jamal Adams. He just said um, if you were to get a haul of picks, and we all know what a haul of picks is, that's normally at least three picks. Um, and, and normally one or two of those has to be pretty damn good. So he's basically saying unless oh, and the ratio just keeps going up. And uh, well, it's, unless, it's just his way of saying unless too. It's just it, it, just the particular it, way he phrases that turn. It's, it's just it, to me, it's just very like, like guys. Like I, I know everybody dunked at him, and and I I still think it's hysterical. But it was kind of logical. But the ratio was, um, I, I also wouldn't do the trade by the way. So just leave me alone and go bother Brian about it. I would not do the trade. I just think there is some sort of logic to it. But the ratio was. I'm going to, I'm going to leave the best for last. So there was 116 likes, which I feel like 116 of those were hate likes, um, to bring back up at a later time to throw back in Brian's face, 14 retweets and 339. Oh goodness. Replies. Oh, poor boy got buried. And when I first pulled that up, it was like 336. So He's gonna go, he's gonna start responding to them soon. Yeah, so that that was truly something to behold. Anyway, pray for our boy Brian, everybody. Uh, head to thenextwall.com. Read all everything that's coming up. Read our, our, our recap of tonight's game. Read our preview of the weekend's games. All the other features coming out in between. Uh, subscribe to this podcast on youtube and on the platform you're choosing leave us a nice little review and we will talk to you all on sunday